Football. It is Thursday. Yeah, it is. September 28th. My name is Daniel Dobb, joined by Fields Yates. This I don't know what I'm doing with my hands right no, now. No, it's okay. You look good. This show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save Field. Yesterday, I said it was Thursday, and guess what? Now it's actually Thursday. Now it's actually Taco Thursday. Taco Thursday. As everybody knows, every every Thursday, we it's tacos, right? That's, That's right. How we do it. That's how we do it. Um, tacos and nachos. More seriously, like I was not expecting you to be here today. Why not? Because it should be a national holiday. It should really. The Detroit yeah. Lions are playing a national television game. Every hence, Thursday. it should be a national holiday. I'm with you on Prime that Prime time one. game, I should specify, because I guess they technically play a national TV game every week. Oh, I guess they do, yeah. What would not be, what would not nationally TV be? It's a good question, regional TV. Although, yeah. <laughs> this, I, I don't know. Um, so, last Sunday, we've reached the point of the NFL schedule, and it crept up on me fast, where... I feel like the first week of the season, and I could be way wrong here, uh, when there was only one Monday night game, Mm -hmm. one Thursday night game, thus 14 games on Sunday. It was eight early, five afternoon, and then one late game. Yeah. Because there were two Monday night games each of the past two weeks, I think they went nine early, three afternoon, one Sunday game. Do you like that? I don't like that three afternoon game. I want more than three afternoon games. Yes, I want five. I want some balance. But last week, and when I I try to get home around five so I can help out with the girls on Sundays, uh, and I got back last week, and coming out of halftime, I had had, uh, Red Zone on my iPad, and then I had uh, the local game, or the game that was being played in my region, regional, I guess, uh, on the TV, and it was Chiefs Bears. Coming out of halftime, Fox, which broadcasted the game, said, we're going to now take you to a more competitive football game. They literally pushed us away from Chiefs Bears. No way. Yeah. So I, I saw the second half of Chiefs Bears only on uh, the replay the following day, oh, which is available funny. on NFL Plus, and then also uh, through Red Zone updates. It's crazy. That is crazy. I don't remember the last time that happened to me. No, I don't know as though I've ever had that happen to me in watching a game, not in like the afternoon slate. Like when, it, like I get it when, when we have flex game? games, but like yeah. this is a totally different situation. I got to think like, uh, so we live in New England, so I don't think this would ever happen to us. But I wonder like, do people that are uh, of a certain age remember the 2007 season? Like did this happen all the time when the Patriots were beating the crap out of people like 56 to nothing at halftime? They were just like, we're just going to go to a different game guys. Yeah. We're just like, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like six minutes into the game. The Patriots are up 28 to nothing. And it's like coming out of commercial break. Now we take you to lions chargers. It's like, it's tw- it's nine minutes left in the first quarter. I'll bet you that's you exactly what game? Patriots fans want to see too is Lions Chargers. I got to tell you. Well, I think regionally you're probably cool. Okay. All right. right? But yeah. like if you're like, cause we, we live in obviously Connecticut. So like bear, I think their calculus was like, oh, we live in Connecticut. Do we really care that much about the chiefs and the bears? I what digress. I care about is in that, Fantasy and then points. we'll move on after the 4 PM window. Mm-hmm. What I don't want is I want enough games that I don't have to sit through three commercial breaks at the same time. Oh, yeah. That's a great thing about the 1 p.m. games Mm -hmm. is no matter what, there's always a game on. There's never too many commercials. But once you get to the 4 p.m.s, you get that one time where it's like, great. Yeah. Now I'm in that window where I'm going to get commercials all three at the same time with no football. I hate that. You know what I love, though? What? 
Sundays in which football starts at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, is that going to happen this week, Field? London game on Sunday. Yes. We have, By the way, we have a massive week four part one preview coming up yes, on top do. of the preview of the potential NFC championship game, which would be played in Detroit, to be clear. Yeah. Lions Packers. I think I owe something to Lions fans today. Not to give my pick away, though, for the game. Ooh, I am pumped. All right. We got a bunch of stuff to get into. We're yeah. going to talk about the Thursday Night Football preview. We are going to talk about our, as you said, Field, we are going to split it up. Our week four preview part one. We're going to do our week four preview part two tomorrow as yeah. well. So we're breaking it up to give you guys as much information as we can through two days. But let's start with a little bit of news off the top. Field yeah, a little Jakes. bit of, and, and like a little bit of news. Just something crazy. Bit. So uh, do you want to do Kyler or let's Cooper start with Kyler? Cup? first? Okay, yeah. So I think there have been some people that have been wondering whether a Kyler Murray return could be imminent because he's on the PUP list. Kyler Murray, like every player on the PUP list, is eligible to return to practice and begin playing next week. I got to be honest with you. I don't get the sense that Kyler's return is close to imminent myself. Okay. I think that the Cardinals, who, by the way, credit where it's due, have been playing crap. You know what? Someone told us what the right phrase was. Oh, they did. Ahead Twitter, of our skis. Yes. Yeah, ahead of our skis. The, the Cardinals have been playing uh, ahead of their skis through three games this season. I mean that in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Jobs will continue to be this team starting quarterback for quite some time. So I am not like rushing to the waiver wire. If I'm in a quarterback quandary to grab Kyler Murray right now. Okay. That was kind of the question. I was like, when do you get to that point? Because quarterback has been maybe bad for you this year. And so I understand if you're like, I just want to have another yeah. option, but I, I, it does feel like it's too early to and go out and grab someone. I also would be nervous that like, let's say Kyler does return at some point this season, which I'm not totally convinced will happen right but if he does coming off of a torn acl are you expecting a bunch of rushing attempts probably not not. and that's where kyler's value is maximized so i am not right now using a roster spot on kyler murray all right we also got an update that cooper cup has been ramping up his workload ram field oh I see what you did there. All right. Number two I mean, the comedy charts. There's uh, at least hope for week five. Sean McVay has said they are hoping for week five on Cooper Cup. What do you think that means? I don't. So I, I'm trying not to. For Sean McVay, as I've, I've said many times, he and Mike Tomlin are as transparent about injuries as anybody in the NFL amongst the head coaches. So I will never be disappointed with Sean McVay updates. Uh, the question was something to the effect of will Cooper Cup come off of injured reserve next week? Yep. That's the hope, said McVay. He's progressing. He's doing a good job, but I don't want to pigeonhole myself into anything. He's ramping up his workload. He's doing a great job with Reggie and his group. Reggie is the man who oversees uh, the Rams sports performance and athletic training system. Reggie Scott. Stephon has given him many kudos in the past. So um, he went on to talk about the difference between return to play versus return to performance. Coming off IR can be as simple as we are designating you to return to practice whether you actually return to the field and play that Sunday is to be determined. I would take this this way, though, Daniel. If Cooper Cup returns to practice next week, at some point, the Rams have 21 days to activate him to the roster. If he returns to practice next week, and I'm no doctor, my general takeaway would be that there's a pretty good chance you might have Cooper Cup by like week six seven at the latest. And that's I'd a good thing. That. Like, that's that. a good thing. Like you've come this far with Cooper cup. And obviously if you were an early drafter, you may be in a big hole because he was your first round pick. Yep. But if you were somebody that got him in a much later round, the fact that he could be activated off IR is a good thing because if they were saying like, if Sean McVay's answer, his tone was, Hey, you know, no, no update there. Like not quite sure when like that might to me scare me to the point that I would be thinking, crap, is this going to be out till week 12. Right. I feel good about this. Like yesterday gave me hope. 
to borrow, I guess, the word that Sean McVay used. Yeah. So I'm feeling more optimistic about Cooper Cup right now than I was. Not that I was pessimistic two days ago, but I was just sort of, I was I was uninformed two days ago. I feel sure. better about it. I feel good. I feel, bit, I feel good about where Cooper Cup uh, could be as soon as next week. And I get it. Cooper Cup coming off of a hamstring injury can't be uh, expected to have, you know, 25 fantasy points in week one, whatever week that is for him. But like, if Cooper Cup is back on the field in week five for the Los Angeles Rams, he will be in my starting lineup for fantasy football. There's my hot take of the day on Cooper that Cup. That is it. Yeah. yeah. And we will talk more about Cooper Cup, obviously, as we get closer to him returning and what it could mean, not just for Cooper Cup, but Puka Nakua as well within that offense. Yep, so that'll totally. we'll dive into. Let's get into a Thursday night football preview brought to you by Geico. So you can see all the ways that you could save. It is the Detroit Lions taking on the Green Bay Packers mm. field. The big question for me. Are we going to see David Montgomery today? <laughs> and there was a bit of a back and forth this morning where yeah. it was like we weren't going to see him and then we were going to see him and then we weren't going to see him. But yeah. now it sounds like we are going to see it him. It does sound like we will see. And as a matter of fact, I can state confidently that we will see David Montgomery tonight. So David yeah. Montgomery, who's got that what shin issue, no, thigh, thigh issue, excuse issue. me, thigh yeah. issue, which uh, kept him out of the game last week. But um, I saw this Twitter account and I don't know if it's like actually... I don't know if this person has actually dedicated themselves to this activity, uh, but this person, I think, called it like the coach speak index meter, where they can decipher, like, based off of, like, they've studied the various phrases that different coaches use oh, wow. to describe progress for an injury. And I guess the way that Dan Campbell described David Montgomery on Monday was reflective in the past of, all right, that guy's playing, right? Like, if, if he hedges a little bit, you know, like Bill Belichick could tell you the guy's like, yeah, you know, we're not sure. And he could like literally be 100% or right. the guy could be headed for IR. You'd have no, idea, no the idea difference, yeah. right? Dan Campbell, a little more like to the point. So it sounds like we'll see David Montgomery tonight, which introduces the possibility of making things more complicated for these backs, Daniel Dobbins. Yes, it does. And uh, we had this conversation a bit with Mike yesterday. So now I turn to you. If David Montgomery plays, mm-hmm. it's a good thing for your Detroit Lions. It is. It's a less good thing for your lineups with Jameer Gibbs, though. It is a less good thing, and I am, I am, I think, looking at this Lions team the mm-hmm. way that they've used Gibbs the first couple of weeks. Yep. They want to find ways to be able to utilize him in space. I don't think they want to use him the way that they did last week when Montgomery was out. They want to get back to Montgomery being that guy that's going to be our workhorse up the middle and let Jameer Gibbs go back to being a pass catcher and a guy that we can use in a bunch of different formations around the field. So because of that, though... I don't think he's going to see the potential 20 touches that he saw last week. Yeah, so I, would agree. I, I have him as a like mid tier RB three or a flex play for me this week. And I'm hoping if that's the case that we see that breakout, that ex, that explosion that we have yet to see from Jameer Gibbs. It's that's, coming at some point. Right? Sooner or later, it's going <clears throat> it's to way too explosive to not have a breakout game as a receiver. I've got Gibbs as RB 21. Is By that ahead of or that's below? ahead of David Montgomery, okay. who I expect to play more snaps, but maybe not quite as dominant of a snap share for David Montgomery because he's coming off of an coming injury. Back. Yep. But he was at like what, like seventy seven percent of the snaps in week one, so maybe that number is seventy two. My ranking of Jameer Gibbs there is because I haven't changed it with the news that, that David Montgomery is going to play tonight. So, but I do think uh, while we say that like players inside the top twenty at running back and wide receiver are lineup locks. I have Jameer Gibbs as RB21. I think he's pretty close to a lineup lock for people who have him in general for this reason. You did not get Jameer Gibbs in like round seven. Correct. Right. You got Jameer Gibbs probably round one or two, depending on the size of your league, maybe round three, depending on when you drafted as well. Because as we got closer and closer to the season, his stock went up and up and up. 
So I think that because of that, unless you sniped Kyron Williams off the waiver wire, or maybe, you know, struck gold, because maybe you were a patient person, you have David Montgomery, and maybe you got James Conner, maybe you want like the less sexy route for running backs this year. Sure. Those could be players that I think could be subbed in that may have been drafted later than where most people were drafting the running backs. I think gives it pretty close to a lineup block. RB21 for me, David Montgomery, who of course has basically zero passing game value, a little bit lower in my ranks. A little bit lower there. Let's talk about Sam Laporta, who has been fantastic. Is this the guy that you think is ahead of his skis? Shout out to Matt Baum, for, by the way. Matt Baum on Twitter is the He's guy that person? hit us up. Yeah. I have a very funny thing to discuss in just a couple of moments, but... Um, no, it. Uh, I am. I am. I am. I don't think Sam Laporta is ahead of his skis. I think he's good at football. He's That's my takeaway. Yeah, I've got him as tight end six, and uh, target share is legit. Pass game production is legit. Like actual catches is great. Over five catches each his first three games. He's, in my opinion, right yeah. now. He is their number two pass catcher. And even when Jamison Williams comes back, yeah. Jamison Williams is not going to all of a sudden get nine or ten targets a game. That's not what that role is going to be. Sam Laporta should be heavily featured in this Lions offense. Totally. At least as a safety valve, getting 100%. those six, seven, eight targets a game from Jared Goff. Yep, so we I love completely him. agree. So I've got him as a lineup block as well on the uh, Lions side. And then I think beyond that, like Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously we're playing tonight. Starting. Um, Jared Goff, I could see like... I think Jared Goff has earned a lot of people's respect over the past, I don't know, call it like 12, 13 games for the Lions. Yes. I wouldn't be stunned if there are people that are starting Jared Goff over like a Justin Fields. Um, so, yeah, I, I but I, I do not have him inside my top 10. I think I have him as quarterback 16. This Green Bay defense is pretty good. And until last week, Jared Goff added nothing with his legs. Remember, That's he had true. a rushing touchdown last week. Also, not only did he have a rushing touchdown, but his uh, Detroit Lions leap into the stands. So was, it was tough. It was so tough funny. But did you hear him describing it <laughs> yes. after the fact? He was mic'd up, too, which is even better. Great. How about this, by the way? <clears throat> so speaking of, I just mentioned, you know, if you have Justin Fields, you could play Jared Goff over him. Yep. Uh, every week we get these notifications, uh, usually on Thursdays and then again, I think on Sunday mornings uh, of like, hey, you have a player that's currently in your lineup who's mm-hmm. projected to be outscored by somebody on your bench. I just got a notification in our Michigan men league. You and okay. I play together yep. um, that Kirk Cousins was projected to be outscored by somebody on my bench. You know that somebody is? Justin Fields. No, it's not. Mike Clay, you crazy animal. You. This is why I have all of my Mike Clay notifications muted. I just got to be honest about that. So I I will continue to play Kirk Cousins. But uh, for those that missed yesterday's Justin Fields, it was a big debate. Check back in. Should we go to the Packers? Yeah, let's talk about this. There is some optimism around both Christian Watson and Aaron Jones. They've both been dealing with hamstrings. Understanding the optimism field, yeah. if they play tonight, yeah. Aaron Jones is in our fantasy lineups. He is. I think that one, there are a couple of reasons why. First of all, he's Aaron Jones. He's really good at football. Um, AJ Dillon is not really, um, if, if we get a real, if, I say this all the time. I should probably just stop saying it. But if we get like a really specific report that he's going to play 15 snaps maximum, sure. it nope. would change my opinion. But when I hear something that's ambiguous about how he may not play a full complement of snaps, my thought process is this. Let's say the Packers are willing to play him a total of 40 snaps at max. Of those 40 snaps, do you think the Packers are going to say, all right, let's make sure that like, you know, 36 of those are decoy snaps. Yeah. No, if you let's have like, let's like, rather than getting cute, you're going to use Aaron Jones to give him the football. A la what the Jets did with Brees Hall way back in week one when he played a decent amount but got the ball on basically every snap. So I'm playing Aaron Jones, assuming he plays tonight. Christian Watson, I think, is going to play. You know, initial reporting suggests he might be more limited than Aaron Jones. Fantasy gray area, Daniel. We work really hard every week to try to package as much information as we can into this podcast. Yep. 
If Christian Watson plays, I have him as a wide receiver three, maybe a low end wide receiver three at that. If you've got, if you've been getting by without Christian Watson, because of course he has not played so far this season and you want to buy one more week, it's okay. If you got yourself a Puka Nakua off waivers or you drafted Jacoby Myers and he's been crushing it, that's totally fine. If you're in a bit of a pickle and you've been waiting for Christian Watson to return, I'd roll the dice. I don't know how many snaps is a few snaps or a right. handful of snaps or a, you know a limited number of snaps. I don't know the answer to that. By the way, is Christian Watson one of the fastest players in the NFL? He is. If he plays 25 snaps, same calculus I mentioned with Aaron Jones. They're not going to have him out there to run block, right? Nope. They're going to have him out there to hopefully run some deep shots and maybe catch five passes. And that is generally going to be good enough for a guy with Christian Watson's skill set. I would be really nervous, though, starting him here on a Thursday. I mean, I realize it's not a short week because he hasn't played yet for him. But like just starting him at all, coming off that hamstring where it doesn't feel like the vibe is fully <laughs> healthy, no concern whatsoever because his game is predicated on that speed, those deep shots, being able to do some of that. By the way, uh, a lot of the things that we've been talking about or the things that I feel like people have been talking about with Christian Watson is his upside with Jordan Love. This comes from our buddy Graham Barfield. Jordan Love ranks first in average depth of target this year with 10.2 yards and third in deep throw rate. That's where Christian Watson lives, right? That like does that, help me, yeah. That like is that. a part of it. The thing that was making me nervous, Field. Okay. I called our buddy Kevin Pulse for and I was like, Kevin, I just really would quickly want to look at Jordan Love's off target rate. Yeah. Like his off target percentage isn't that bad, but it's a very binary stat. Yeah. A throw that's one yard off target is just as off target as a throw that's 15 yards off target. Oh. So I went in. I'm a glutton for punishment. I looked at every single one of Jordan Love's off target throws that was more than 15 yards downfield. Okay. And I think I'm going to say stuff that Packers fans already know. His deep shots while he's taking them. He is sweet. very opposite of sweet. Oh, very off target okay. on many of his deep shots. And yeah. it's not like missing by a little bit. He's missing by kind of a lot. The mm. same way that like when I see Deshaun Watson, right. it's like, where are you? Th- you're overthrowing that guy by like 12 yards. Yeah. So this is one of those things that I think is going to be really interesting because everything that is at play right now with how Jordan Love is playing quarterback actually will fit really nicely with what Christian Watson does on the field. I just want to see it happen because right now, Jordan Love's deep shots, I don't think has been as high quality as they need to be okay. once Watson gets out there. Yeah, so fair we'll enough, see how Go check out Graham's work. He does a great job. Oh, Graham's fantastic. Uh, very smart guy. Lots of, uh, he, he does it all. So uh, if you haven't yet found uh, Graham Barfield, go on the Twitter app right now and go check him out and follow him. If Christian Watson doesn't go tonight. Yeah, I don't have. Are you rolling the dice with either Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed? It, it would be, I, I would roll the dice with Jaden Reed because his target volume has been pretty good. But Romeo Dobbs keeps like breaking models right now. Like my personal preference would be to not play either of those guys. Yes. But somebody has to be wide receiver one. I am interested in Luke Musgrave tonight, though. I think he'll have a nice night. He has been very busy for the Packers playing a ton of a snaps. Ton He's of snaps. so close. And along those lines of like, not just miss, but sometimes like woeful misses from Jordan Love. I feel like Luke Musgrave has been, I was going to say recipient, but that would be the wrong word. He I has been the victim of some of those bad, bad yep. throws. So I like Luke, Luke, Musgrave. Luke Musgrave. He's a uh, he's a hell of an athlete, and um, I am impressed on the whole with this young pass catchers group in Green Bay. Shout out to them. This entire Green Bay team is just super young in general, so very that's, young, a, that's yeah. a very huge thing. Uh, yep. Would you stream Jordan Love tonight? Obviously, I, we talked about this. It's kind I of know. the joke. One of two quarterbacks to score 20 fantasy points in all three games so far this year. I know. I'm the one that keeps saying no to Jordan Love, right? He had six touchdown passes in the first two weeks of the season on 29 completions. Then last week, he comes back down to earth as a passer, and he runs runs. for 39 (laughs) yards and a touchdown. So where do I have him this week? 
I have Jordan Love as quarterback 17. Okay. So I would say like a lukewarm endorsement for him as a streaming quarterback option. Um, Here's why usual suspects are ahead of him. And then I've got players like Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones right ahead of him. So it's not like I've got a button, you know, Russell Wilson against the, the bears as an example. Yeah. Um, but it's not, not like I have a bunch of other streaming options, like way ahead of Jordan love. He's part of the pack. If you were in a 10 team league, yeah. I'll bet you at least 14 quarterbacks are rostered, which means Jordan love is probably along with CJ Stroud at the top of what would be your streaming list. It's just yeah. tough to be able to feel confident. I have him as quarterback 19 here this week against the Detroit lions. Let's pick this game, game for me. Let's do it. Uh, I will take the Detroit lions to win this game and go to three and one on the road Lambeau field. They, they don't fear Lambeau. Do you remember what they did last year? Week 18. Do I they remember ended Aaron Rodgers tenure with the green Bay Packers you're with right, a dramatic win. So the, uh, the Lambeau factor does not scare me. And then, you know what? I was a little bit too, uh, I picked the Vikings in the preseason to win the NFC North. Oh, remember the uh, old uh, Will Ferrell. And, uh, was that, it was, uh, oh, Ron Burgundy anchorman. Yeah. Milk was a bad choice. Yep. Vikings were a bad choice. Vikings were a bad choice. Yes. <laughs> so Lions win tonight over the Green Bay Packers. Give it to me. I'm taking it three and one. I'll tell you what. I'm stoked as a Lions fan. The Detroit Lions have gone into Lambeau Field. It yeah. seems like for 10 years straight in week 17 mm. playing when it's minus four degrees. Yeah, baby. I am so pumped. We have a September game in Lambeau Field not having to do this in the end of like, December. Low key. Like if I were an NFL player, that would be the only thing that I care about for my schedule. Is like, like not playing in Lambo late I don't in the season. Want to play anywhere north, northeast, without yeah. without a dome, right? Yep. Like I would be if, um, like that would fire me up. And and conversely, if you're a team that plays in uh, in the north and uh, has a, a division foe that's much more south, I would want as many games. Like if you're the Bills, the Dolphins game. I want that Dolphins game in Miami in December. Yes, I want I want something to look forward to. I don't want to go to Miami. I mean, I want. I, I'm always happy to go to Miami, but I would rather go in December when it's like 80 in Miami and it's six degrees in Buffalo. than right now they play this week up in Buffalo. I like don't spoil that great trip now. And by the uh, way, if you, I'm a dolphin, I don't want to go to Buffalo in December. Ever, I don't want to go to Buffalo ever. <laughs> if I'm a dolphin, if I'm honest, um, I think Buffalo is underrated. Really? I don't think I've ever been. Oh, really? No. Oh, we should go there. seriously. Like I, I'm not trying to be like goofy and like mix. Like that's a totally reasonable trip from here. And just a great great city i would do it people there are unbelievable great game to atmosphere and duh the wings are off the charts do i have to jump through a table if i go to a game i mean you can it would certainly earn you some credit a little bit of respect respect, so you decide how much of a legend you want to (laughs) be all right that's fair uh i'm gonna take the lions as well in this one that'll be a lot of fun do you think our audience actually like do do i have to ask you whether they're digging the lions or do we just they just assume they probably just assume i'm taking the lions i am for the record what are you doing for this game tonight what am I doing for this game yeah. tonight? You know, I've got a group of guys at home. that I usually watch with. Uh, I've, I've in a fantasy, a local fantasy league that I often watch the games with. Oh, but nice. what are you doing tonight? That may do you have something going on? I'm going over to my buddy Thirsty Kyle Soppy's house. Are you really to watch the Packers and the Lions? How about that old rivalry game? With, yeah, exactly. We love so. Kyle. And by the way, Kyle was all in on Jacoby Myers this preseason. What a yes, great call by Kyle. Great call. Love that kid. He's all right, Phil. We're gonna pay some bills here in a second, and then we're gonna get into our Week Four preview, Part One. Let's go. But first, Fields Yates. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Do you call it insurance or insurance? Insurance. Okay. Okay. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. 
Level up your game day with Vivid Seats and get great tickets for the biggest games of the year. Plus, the Vivid Seats reward, you can earn free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with the code FFF. That's code FFF. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. All right, let's dive in on these four previews. Los Angeles Chargers, unfortunately, Mike Williams Mm -hmm. on IR, which means that we have a new fantasy asset at our disposal field. Are you rolling? Yeah. Which one are you rolling with? Joshua Palmer tonight or Quentin Johnston, the first round rookie that everybody is super excited to see. Yeah, I would like to see Quentin Johnston play soon. I don't know that it's going to be that soon. I agree. And uh, that this is using what we have seen so far. Um, to remind people of something we discussed earlier in the week. Through the first three games, Josh Palmer, clearly wide receiver three in L.A. After the Mike Williams injury, small sample size, but Josh Palmer ran nine routes on nine dropbacks. Quinton Johnson did not. Quinton Johnson has been clearly wide receiver four. So the question becomes, when wide receiver two goes out for the year, does everybody just move up a peg or... Does Quinton Johnson, who is more like Mike Williams in terms of body type and skill set than Josh Palmer, does he jump to wide receiver two because this is why you used a first round pick on him? Yep. I think he gets there. I think he gets there, but I think this is a KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison dynamic, right? KJ Osborne is the number two wide receiver in Minnesota for now. Could I eventually see Addison leapfrogging him? I could in terms of snaps played and routes run. Yep. So I think that for now, Josh Palmer remains the preferred chargers wide receiver that I want to play. I have him as wide receiver 46 and it's not that the chargers aren't awesome in the passing game. The matchup is good against the Raiders. It's that part of me is, and maybe this would be different because it's the other wide receiver who's hurt, but Josh Palmer did have some opportunities last year to fill in as that second wide receiver in LA. It was fine. One special. It was fine. I think we all hoped like, oh, wow, number two wide receiver for the Chargers. We did. all Bam. Huge role. Huge upside. Wasn't the case last year for Josh Palmer. So I've got him as wide receiver 46 this week. I do not have Johnston ranked. I could certainly see, you know, a big play down the field for Quinton Johnston. But uh, I am hesitant to think that he is going to be the clear cut number two. Yeah, it's tough for me when I look at this. And you you, you mentioned this. You didn't throw in the numbers, but I'm going to throw them in there for people. Quinton Johnston has had 48 offensive snaps through three games. That's under 50. Josh Palmer has 126, like almost three times the amount. He has run more than twice as many routes. Josh Palmer has them. Quinton Johnston, at least this week, everything that you're saying, I think is totally right. Josh Palmer is going to be the guy that they're going to look at. And hopefully as this offense progresses throughout the season, Quinton Johnston, the T gets a little bit more love from this uh, Chargers offense. Let's talk about the running back situation. Are you still trusting Joshua Kelly? Because for me, Bye-bye. No chance. I mean, I was, you know, I was the anti Joshua Kelly uh, guy last week and it turns out I wasn't even close to pessimistic enough. Nope. Here's the good news. And it's, it's early still, but Austin Eckler did return to practice yesterday like that. What I don't know is whether I am reading too much into Austin Eckler's comments after practice. I feel like Austin is because he's, I mean, first of all, he's a smart guy. He's in tune with just things in general, but certainly in tune with the fantasy football impact of his career. Yep. I feel like with Austin Eckler, when he messages his injury updates, he's like, like if you pay enough attention, you can kind of read the tea leaves. Yeah. And I feel like he generally is like optimistic when he's definitely going to play and then paints a much less 
certain picture when it's like trending the other direction. Some people, as we discussed earlier, are just coy all the time. Right. Right. I mean, like, um, we, you know, Bill Belichick we talked about is like sort of like, you know, the, the, the top of the food chain in that regard. Everything is but like Jonathan speak. Gannon, the, you know, the Cardinals coach, like clearly in that same boat where it's like didn't announce a starter before week one, things like that. Right. Those are the extremes. Um, I think that Austin Eckler's comments yesterday left me feeling a little more, a little bit more pessimistic than optimistic basically said like he was talking about how he can straight line run right now, but there's still some steps that need to be taken. And let's not forget. And this was reminded, I think by Stefania last week that the chargers have a bye week next week. So if you buy yourself this Sunday and you're Austin Eckler, you have the next week off anyways. So wouldn't stun me if Eckler is out. We'll talk more with Stefania about it tomorrow, but if he is out, somebody else can start Joshua Kelly. Yeah. Somebody not you or me. not me. Nope. Yes, not I'm with you on that. Taking on the Las Vegas Raiders, like you said, in Los Angeles. So that'll be a, an interesting one to be able to watch. Let's talk about the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to field, but these pass catchers, <clears throat> we drafted Terry McLaurin at least to be somebody that we could utilize in our starting lineup. We were hoping that Josh Dotson, second year leap with someone like Sam Howell, who we saw one exciting game from at the end of the season last year. I'm going to give you their reception totals through three games Jahan Dotson has 10 receptions through three games. That's 3.3 receptions per game. Mm. Terry McLaurin has 13 receptions through three games. Is four four receptions a game enough for Terry McLaurin, Field Yates? Uh, I would say no, Daniel. Uh, that, would be my, uh, that would be my take. And then we've got Curtis Samuel also having 10 receptions. There is nobody from this commander's wide receiving core that I have confidence in to start. I don't need to have confidence to start. Terry McLaurin, because I might be in a situation where my wide receivers look maybe not great. So you need to roll with him because he's Mm -hmm. the best one you have. Mm -hmm. But I tend to think that wide receiver is a pretty deep position and there's no bye weeks right now. And if you tell me that you're going to pivot from Terry McLaurin to someone else that maybe has come on like a George Pickens that was drafted after Mm -hmm. him or another wide receiver, I'm fine making that move. How Mm -hmm. are you looking at these commanders wide receivers? Yeah, I feel the same way that you do. Here's a, a fun fact. It's actually a very not fun fact. Over the past 20 games, how many times do you think Terry McLaurin has surpassed 80 receiving yards? 20 games. Yeah. Um, I'll say 10 times. Three. Well, that's not enough. Okay, yes. And that's by the way, <laughs> this is not a Terry McLaurin thing, right? We no, all agree that Terry so McLaurin good. rules. It's just that it is, and I get the offense is very different last year than this year. Different quarterback, different coordinator, et cetera, et cetera. But... The target volume, like for a guy that I think you could justify 150 targets per year to over the past 30 games, he has just three games with 10 or more targets, right? Like over the past 20 games, he has three games with more than 80 receiving yards. So uh, whether it's because this is just a not a particularly efficient passing game, whether it's because the quarterback play is still substandard, I think there are some reasons for optimism with Sam Howe. There are also some reasons for pessimism with Sam Howe, right? Like wouldn't stun me if Jacoby Brissett starting at some point this season. All those reasons are why I have, like you said, wide receiver 31 for my rank is Terry McLaurin this week. Yep. And Dotson, I don't know how you can play John Dotson right now. Right now. I mean, I I don't see a a way that you could if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, Uh, Eagle secondary is not quite as dominant because of health right now. That's true. and they're, they're getting there. They're, James Radbury did return to the to the field this past week. It just hasn't been nearly the same level of dominance this year overall defensively, so the matchup is less scary. 
It's scarier for Brian Robinson. It is. We've got his running back 25 this week, who was down from probably more like running back 16 or 17 most weeks. We saw what happened this past week to Couple Rashad White on Monday night, right? Yeah. Uh, we saw, so this Eagles team has played now the Vikings, the Patriots, and the Buccaneers. Uh, all three starting running backs have been largely neutralized in those three games. So um, Robinson is a, I think probably in most people's cases, still a start, but start with lower expectations. RB 25 consensus rank at ESPN for Robinson is RB 27. Yeah, that's a tough one because of what happened last week too. I felt like Robinson was a little bit, I mean, he's getting, still getting the work. This is the thing about Brian Robinson, even though I don't love this matchup, he's clearly the guy in this backfield that they want to use just more than anybody else. So yeah, if you need to use him this week, it is an option. Although I got to tell you, I don't want to throw anyone against Jared Davis, J- Jordan Davis in the middle Jordan of that. Davis Dude, and, he yeah. looks like a friggin'. I watched him just surround a running back, and it was like he just disappeared into Jordan Davis's huge body. I have no idea where he went. Dude, him and Jalen Carter. Sheesh, that's it a lot of beef right there in the middle of that one. Eagles defensive line. All right, let's talk about Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I think that we all thought Hollywood Brown was basically going to be, you know, outside of our top consideration for any starting like usage as a fantasy wide receiver once yeah. Joshua Dobbs was going to be named the starter, and then. He's been serviceable as a low-end flex play. If you need someone that's getting volume, Joshua Dobbs has not been as bad as what we thought. How are you looking at him knowing that this week Hollywood Brown is going to get a 49ers defense? Yeah, that's the key, though, is that it's Joshua Dobbs has been good. That's the key, sorry. And I guess the The downside is is, the other key is that you play the the, the 49ers this week. So Hollywood Brown's been fine. He is averaging 47, 48 yards per game. So it's not like it's a monster effort, but he has scored in back-to-back games. He's got 22 targets so far this season. So a little over seven. It's like, all right, yeah, we kind of see the vision here. It's not a high ceiling player. He'll have a few games because he's so damn fast and super talented. So I've got him as wide receiver 30 this week. Like, I would describe this on Hollywood Brown. I think the reason why we're talking about him more so than like a dominant performance from Hollywood Brown that we either have seen or are expecting is that he was kind of a forgotten man during the offseason because this Cardinals offense on paper looked so uninspiring. And he's fine. Josh Dobbs has like helped keep the value afloat, not nearly the volume that we were seeing from Hollywood at the beginning of last year before right. DeAndre Hopkins returned. But yeah, Hollywood Brown is kind of like one of those like probably slightly overperforming ADP players right now. And I'm, if you got to use him in your flex, there is at least a little <laughs> bit of upside because of that. This 49ers defense does make me nervous a little bit. I don't think that Hollywood Brown is going to give us a Puka Nakua type stat line against those 49ers, but mm. there's at least a little bit of uh, upside here that you could use him if you needed someone. Yep. Let's talk about Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Both of these Falcons people are so frustrating. Field, here's what I'm going to say about Drake London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not starting them. Why would you start Drake London? I don't know right now. Average 32.7 yards per game. You should start him. I I feel like, and you've said this, you're like, I feel like I keep saying the same thing. I'm saying the same thing over and over right now. There are no bye weeks. Wide receiver is the deepest position in fantasy. You don't have to go out and start a guy on a low volume passing offense that isn't getting the target share that we want. This is not about dropping Drake London. He is still super talented, super skilled, but I have no idea how you have any confidence in any kind of a league maybe a 16 team league where you are just decimated, like where you are starting Drake London. The question for me is ironically about Kyle Pitts because tight end is so bad. Even though I don't like Kyle Pitts this year, he's still tight end seven in routes run. He's still out there doing it more than some of these other guys. I can totally make a case field 
for someone to drop Kyle Pitts and go a different direction. I can also make the case that you need to start him this week because tight end is so bad. I'm going to be a broken record, and so I'll state this. Thursday, September 28th, and hopefully it's the last time I have to make this argument, but if I make it again, just know that I warned you. Um, As disappointing as Kyle Pitts has been this year, and it has been quite disappointing relative to what we think the skill set is. Again, not a Kyle Pitts thing, right? This is not about Kyle Pitts. Um, The problem, the rub that you are facing with not playing Kyle Pitts is who else are you going to play? Did you get ahead of the waiver wire curve and grab a... If you grabbed Sam Laporta before he, he blew correct. up, right? That's it, though. But who else definitively are you playing ahead of Kyle Pizzit? You probably grabbed off waivers. Uh, Luke Musgrave? Hunter Henry? A lot of people loving some Hunter Henry that's right fine. now. That's a yeah, conversation. I, to me, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that one. Um, okay, so we just gave three names, and like those three names aren't still like... Super, well, Sam Laporta, I, I feel more confident in, but those other two is... Right. The pivot that you can make from Drake London is very simple, as you laid out. It's just a lot harder to do so with Kyle Pitts. Yeah. It, uh, this, to me, is like... It's fantasy no man's land. It's You have this player that you hate starting, and yet there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Nope. Like, where do you turn instead? And, and I will be curious. Like, I don't know. Send us a tweet. If you have players that you are pivoting to a tight end because you have Kyle Pitts that we are overlooking too much guys like Hayden Hurst, I suppose Ackert, but like Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys. Um, the problem is that like, it's a pivot, but it's like, what is the, like the upside for these players, right? These guys that were naming it, it's like, yeah, I'd rather play them over Kyle Pitts. It's like Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. who was averaging 7.4 fantasy points per mm-hmm. game. Zach Ertz, 7.4 fantasy points per game. Jake Ferguson, 7.7 fantasy points per game. What's compelling about pivoting from a player like Drake London, who's averaging like five points per game, or whatever it is, is that you can pivot from him to somebody who might be averaging 15 at wide receiver. Exactly. From tight end, it's like, let me pivot from my seven-point tight end to my 7.4 per game tight end. Right, and that just is, sucks. That's just not fun. You don't know. I don't know what to tell people to do because I have Kyle Pitts. I'm one of you guys right now. I have Kyle yeah. Pitts in a bunch of leagues. And I one feel like you us. just, I've got to start him unless I've got someone else. Here's the thing 6.2 makes, fantasy points. My apologies. There you go. People out there that are like, dude, I'm not getting seven from Kyle Pitts. I would love that. This makes me sick, but I just can't be the only one to know this. Okay. Kyle Pitts, 17 targets, nine receptions on the season. Jainu Smith, 14 targets, nine receptions on the season. I'm not, I'm not surprised that the number is that close. So 17 though. 17 targets. As bad as that sounds, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's tied for ninth amongst tight ends in terms of targets this year. I saw this new recently. Like I've, I've, I've seen all the numbers, people. He's got, he's like number one in air yards. He's like top 10 in pretty much every important receiving category for tight ends, except for like, except for the production. fantasy points. Right. Yes. So yeah, um, there've been a couple close shots. Oh, Our brutal. buddy Bill Barnwell posted a clip recently of like a near long touchdown catch. But um, I don't know if you're a Falcons fan. Your team's two and one. You're not totally d- bummed by that part, and your team could be three and one coming back from London on Sunday afternoon. But man, this team with a quarterback that could really sling it, how fun would they oh, be? Oh, they would be so good. Maybe this offseason because they've gone back to back to back off seasons, tight end, wide receiver, running back. Maybe they're just waiting patiently Ooh. and using a first round pick 
on a fullback this upcoming. Stop. Season. Don't do that to us. All right. Let's talk about the Giants here. Yeah. If Saquon Barkley's out, we've been talking about Matt Breida. He was a tough one that we had to consider last week yep. in a tough matchup. If Saquon is out this week, would you roll with Breida again in your starting lineup? I would. Here? I actually feel pretty good. I felt better about him coming out of that game against the 49ers than yeah. I think I went. Uh, my confidence was going into that game. They technically have not had a practice in which you need to have a practice report yet because they play on Monday night. As an aside, am I the only one that doesn't like when teams go from Thursday to Monday between games? Yeah, I don't love that. I don't like that either. I feel like it. I don't know. That's too long. It's, it's a it makes it feel like you've got a very large gap. Well, as a fan, as I don't a fan, like it. You don't like it. Yeah. Right? Like, I, don't, a, I mean, I'm sure the players, I don't know if they like it or don't like it. Because um, I'm, I'm going two Sundays at that point. It's yeah. like I got a Thursday, Sunday, I'm not watching my team. And then I've got a whole nother Sunday where, again, I'm not watching my team. And it feels like I missed out even though I didn't. It just feels Probably like a good lot. if you have like kids and you need to get stuff done on Sundays. Yeah. You don't have to worry about missing your team. You to, yeah. But I don't know. I don't like that. Anyways, I digress. Um, but they play on Monday night against the Seahawks. No injury report yet. Sounds like Saquon is probably still pretty iffy for this one. If he's out, obviously, is the conversation we're having. And Matt Breed, I would have his RB29 right now. We keep playing footsie. I know. Cute. Sorry about that. Um, RB29 <laughs> is where I'd have Breed because he gets involved in the passing game. Yep. He is going to be clearly their number one running back in terms of running back attempts, rushing attempts. So, yeah, usable. That Seahawks run defense, probably still not perfect. So, yeah, RB29 is where I feel good on uh, Matt Breed. I thought he was fine last week. I thought he was fine, too. Yeah. He was. Let's talk about Darren Waller because some of the conversation uh, that we were just having with say, Kyle Do you want to just do the same thing? It, it sort just of is the rewind same thing. the podcast and do the same thing. All right, so he's tied for fourth in terms of, of targets. Yep. Tied for fourth. That's good, right? Love that. Uh, amongst tight ends. He is tied for, sorry, he's not tied for one, two, three, four, five. He's seventh in catches for tight ends. He is 132 yards. He is one, two, three, four, five. Tied for fifth in terms of yards right now for tight ends. Yeah, so this is, it's really not about what he's doing relative to position. It's what he's doing relative to preseason hype. Correct. Right, and so if you're kicking yourself about Darren Waller, I don't think the conundrum that you should be sort of struggling with right now is whether you start him or don't start him. It's whether when you used a fourth or fifth round pick on him in your draft, as opposed to a wide receiver that has been good so far, whether that was a mistake or not. And the early returns suggest that when it comes to tight ends, there's like one or there's like probably two Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson who were drafted early that deserve to be drafted early right now. Yeah. With the way that right now. Yeah. Up. Based off how things have gone so far. Yep. Um, here, if you'll do me a favor real quick, I'm going to take my mic off this thing. Take this mic. Stand. Hold. Yeah. Hold we'll just, I can hold mine. No, just switch. Take mine. Mine is good. I know my, my me, mic stand. Give me is yours real fast. Right. I know how to do work. You know how to, you know how to fix yeah. these things. Oh. I know what's going on. So what happens when you have a person who's actually worked in audio technology for a while versus me. Um, <laughs> but, but I think the conversation a little bit like Dave put this on the note, um, like, is it time to panic on Darren Waller? And I want to, I kind of, I said this on sports center this week, some yes. of these players, it's like, yes, I'm going to panic on them, but I got to, I'm going to have patience while I panic. Like I can't, you can't move on from a guy like this. Oh, I right? think that, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday with like players that were disappointments. Like you can panic on guys and still like not exactly have a plan yes. of what to do with them. Right? Like I'm panicked on Derek Henry. I'm disappointed by his output. What can I do? Like, I'm not going to get a great running back for Derrick Henry. I could try to trade him, but like if somebody, I mean, I don't know, like I don't want to trade Derrick Henry for like Isaiah Pacheco. No. Right. Who's, who's a good player, obviously, but it's like, you know, he's in a three man committee some weeks and you know, he's 
getting eight carries some weeks. Like I don't want to have that kind of arrangement in my fantasy league. Sometimes you just want to air it out. And my airing of grievances right now is that like, if I drafted Darren Waller in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, when I could have taken a wide receiver that could be starting for me right now, I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that we're here for you. That, that's it. I mean, that, that I don't really know what you can it. do. Like, Nothing else. You can try to trade, but again, which tight end can you find? It's These are, I said, uh, what was the term I used? Fantasy, I don't know. I used fantasy conundrum or something oh, earlier. Uh, Whatever. I'm a dummy. I can't remember what I said five minutes ago. I don't remember what I had for breakfast. Anyways, um, it's, uh, it's a fantasy conundrum. It really I is. I definitely didn't say that earlier, but I'm going to pretend like I did. So, yeah. It's okay to panic. I'm panicking on some of these guys right now here in week four, but guess what? Just because I'm panicking doesn't mean I don't also have patience because in this tight end position, you're not going to pivot to something that feels any better than Darren Waller. You're not going to get better production or better volume or better potential usage or see someone else that's out there on the field running routes and getting targets more than a guy like Darren Waller. You're not finding a guy on waivers like that. So yes, panicked and still staying patient at the same time, which is frustrating. Yeah. That's what fantasy football what, is. I mean, I get by just well, like, you know, sometimes you just want to hear it, yeah, right? Like we're with you. We sometimes you just want to hear your, 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 your grievances said out loud, articulated by your favorite podcast. We just got to move. Uh, that, was, that was good there. We just got to move Festivus up like a couple of months. You know what I mean? The yeah. end of grievances. We just need to get that out in week four of the fantasy season. Do it. Uh, fantasy managers spent a bunch, a bunch of their fab on yeah. Jerome Ford. And guess what? Last week, if you played him. He totally paid off for you in the running back position. He did. Are you found the end zone twice? And I think that better days are ahead. Yeah. Against Baltimore this week, 10 rushes, 18 yards last week. He did find the end zone. That part was good. Awesome. Also caught a touchdown pass. Very good. Clear RB one, by the way, Kareem hunt. He missed practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with injuries already. So um, I think Jerome Ford is clearly going to be the guy going forward. Uh, They play the Ravens this week, who it's a small sample size, but through the first three weeks of the season, the Baltimore Ravens are like they're a top 10. No surprise. The Ravens are just stingy every year, it feels like. But yeah, I'm going to continue to rely on Jerome Ford. I have him as RB26 because of that good run Ravens run defense. Um, But yeah, like and and. The other thing that I will mention that Mike brought up on Monday is there were like five players that carried the ball before Jerome Ford last yeah, week. That was weird. Pierre Strong. I think Deshaun Watson had a couple of carries. They might have given one to a fullback for all I know. But I still feel really good about Jerome Ford going forward. I really do. Like I think Jerome Ford's got a real chance to be a 15 to 18 rush and two to four target per game guy, which will end up being a low end RB2. I saw some people poo-pooing the idea that we talked about spending a bunch of your fab on Jerome Ford on the X, which is weird because people aren't usually that negative on there. Just in general. And and, uh, I just totally disagree with those people. Like Jerome Ford is in a situation here to me where, and we said this last week, the Cleveland Browns knew what they had in Kareem Hunt and they had to make a decision this offseason. Do we want Jerome Ford backing up Nick Chubb or do we want Kareem Hunt? So just because they brought in Kareem Hunt to be a backup, it's like, yeah, that's what they need to do for depth because they just lost one of their best running backs. Totally. Yeah, no, this it's Jerome Ford's job. I have zero. I was the person that, that spent $81 of my fab. I spent 85 Okay, so you went, you went Tiffany's. That's because... I went to like... Kurt listened to the show and he knew you were spending 81. So he literally bid 81. So I had to prices right him in order to get ah, ah, smart, which by the way, totally worth it. Um, 
So I have no I have no buyer's remorse whatsoever. Me either. Um, I think you'll be rewarded for that. And I think that Kareem Hunt is unusable in fantasy until proven otherwise, both because of the health and the role. Like he's going to be the number two running back in this offense pretty clearly right now. Right now for the Baltimore Ravens, we've been talking about getting a more uh, more passing game usage, I guess we would say, out of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. It's been a little give and take the first couple of weeks of the season. But one thing that hasn't been give and take is Zay Flowers. Yes, correct. He, he has been able to be locked in your fantasy lineup. I, out of all of the Ravens wide receivers, he is the guy that I am trusting. I have him this week as wide receiver 28. I mean, what do you say about this kid? Other than I think he's my favorite rookie wide receiver, the best right now, at least fantasy eligible rookie wide receiver. I think he's the most consistent. You know, him and Addison have been sort of, I think Addison probably has the most fantasy points because he's found the end zone twice. But Zay Flowers reception line reads very much like a running back reception line. 21 catches on 25 targets. So that's what? Uh, 25 goes into 104. So that's 84% catch percentage. Extremely high. Yep. But 21 catches for 188 yards. Nine yards per catch with zero touchdowns. You take away, and I, I know, I know, I know, you can't do this all the time, but it's early enough in the season math. where you sometimes can. You take away that 52-yard catch for Zay Flowers that he had. Yep. 20 catches for 136 yards. That's like less than seven yards per catch. So right. the question with Zay Flowers is, is he going to end up being utilized more down the field? If he is, massive upside. Mm-hmm. If he isn't, the run after catch and the volume is still good enough to make him wide receiver 26 for me this week, even in a bad matchup against a really good Cleveland defense. But over eight targets per game for a guy that electric, it's good enough. I am simply outlining that there are ways in which for as good as Zay Flowers has been, there could be that much more upside because the more targets you get down the field, more likely you are to score touchdowns, right? Yep. If your average depth of target is like two and a half, three yards, it's just harder when there's a lot less space in the red zone to make those concepts work for guys. So anyways, um, wide receiver 26 for me and optimistic about the ways in which this number, this role, this upside could grow precipitously over the next month or two. So I don't know if you did you did you read their air yards for this? I don't want to no, say go it for it. No, I didn't. Zay Flowers air yards per target four point eight, four point eight. Mm. Jordan mm-hmm. Addison, the other wide receiver that you mentioned. Yeah. Who, by the way, Zay Flowers has eight Got more receptions. Let yeah, me go guess. ahead. Um, air yards per target eleven point two, twelve point six. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So very different between the two there. <laughs> like it's, yeah. It's a it's a very interesting conversation. But Zay Flowers should be locked into your lineup as a flex play at a minimum. It's a great Cleveland defense, but I still have him as wide receiver twenty six. Same. He's the only Ravens wide receiver, by the way, and legit curious. How do you feel about Mark Andrews so far? Only two games. Four for 25 in week one. I think four for 35 in week two. Let me get that stat specifically. Here's what's uh, tough. Mark Andrews. That's correct. It was, uh, I'm sorry, four for 25 and then five for 35. So I don't feel great because of the fact that I used a third round draft pick on Mark Andrews if I grabbed him. Yeah. Right. And understanding the way that the tight end position looks right now yeah i probably could have waited to get the same level of production and grabbed a guy in the seventh round the thing is right that's that's the thing that's tough still i keep going back and this is the opposite of what we're talking about with some of those guys earlier right it's like 
not the opposite. It's the souped up version. Uh, let me let me correct the stats. Five for 45 of the touchdown the first week, four okay. for 35 last week, 13 targets in two games. So six and a half targets per game for Mark Andrews. That's fine. Not a terrible number, right? You like that number to maybe be a bit higher yes. because we've seen tight end one value from Mark Andrews in a prior yeah. season. Um, Especially it, coming into a year where Lamar was supposed to throw more. We yes. were excited about that. It just feels a little bit off only because it's like, this is a player that when you drafted him, the idea was not just that you could start him, but is that you'd go into your matchup every single week and it's a massive positional edge. Yeah. Now that positional edge still exists and it feels really real when you're in like a 14 or 16 team league. Sorry, I have not screwed this up. I promise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like a 16 team league, when like you're starting Mark Andrews and your opponent is starting like Hayden Hurst, it feels pretty precipitous, right? right? Yes. Now, when you're in a 10 team league and you're starting Mark Andrews and your opponent is now starting Sam Laporta, it doesn't feel quite as dominant of an edge. Right. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And that's the part that, guess what? It's the tight end position. Yeah. This is why, even though I didn't advocate as much as you guys did, this is why you go out and grab yourself a Travis Kelsey because you never once think about the tight end position the rest of the season, period. Totally. Like, you, That's, that, I mean, that is part of it. So it, it felt the uh, there, there was one league where I had the chance to draft to draft Travis Kelsey and I didn't do it. And the only reason why was because I wanted to resist like being too static with my lineups and having so many of them. So many. Yeah. It has nothing to do with like, he ended up getting hurt that week and missing the game. So I would have felt a little bit different. Obviously, but like I, I would rather have had like he's just so freaking money in the bank, man. He is. He's so freaking money in the bank. It's and I like don't trust one it. thing in fantasy football that you can actually count on consistently. I'm not trusting those Chiefs wide receivers. I know we're not talking about the Chiefs, yeah. but like Mahomes is or Kelsey just looks fantastic. All right, let's talk about the Jets. We had a big conversation about the New York Jets mm-hmm. yesterday. Yep. Are you trusting anybody here, starting with Brees Hall? I'm not trusting Brees Hall. I've got him as RB34. He's, by the way, back on the injury report now, practicing in a limited capacity. I believe he was practicing in a full capacity back in week one. Um, so I don't think it's a new injury, obviously. I think this is just a reminder that he is still coming back from a major ACL tear. And again, I'm going to throw back to this. If you are a defense now and you're facing off against this Jets team, mm-hmm. who will be starting Zach Wilson at quarterback on Sunday night, yeah. and the game plan, which is way more complicated than I'm going to make it, is going to be anything other than stack the box and let number two beat us. You're a fool. I agree. So if you're the chiefs, you're saying, let's just make sure the number 20 does not go off. Yep. You do that. You're going to win the game. You might win the game anyways, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I have uh Brees Hall's RB 34. You have 31. So we're in yeah. agreement there, right? Yep. Garrett Wilson. I have his wide receiver 21, but this is one of those where it feels bad doing it. Doesn't it? Yes. I don't Legarious like this at all. needs like played well for the chiefs. They're a good pass defense. Trent McDuffie's been exceptional for the chiefs. Like they've got good pedigree in the secondary. I don't know. Wide receiver 21, and like I'm gonna like that that 45 minutes between the end of the 4 p.m. games and the start of the Sunday night football game. I'm gonna pray. That's what I'm gonna do. That's I'm what gonna I pray to the Garrett Wilson gods. Like, just give me 10 targets. Give me like seven catches. I don't even need 150 yards and two touch. I take 150 yards. Like, I take that no doubt about it. But if you just get, I if you just, give me like seven catches for 75 yards. I'd be like, thank you. That works. That's, that's totally incredible. fine. Right? Like, that I would take that. Through. Yeah, this is a tough one. Excuse me. You mentioned Sneed shadowing uh, Wilson, who is going to be on Mike Clay's shadow report. So yeah. shout out. Make sure you go check that out. We'll have more from Mike <laughs> tomorrow. Um, I don't feel this is one of those spots field. Let me say this. And I think I think you'll probably be in the same spot as me as someone who is ranking players for yep. ESPN. Mm-hmm. I understand that I've ranked this guy here. Yep. I also know that I feel very comfortable playing guys that I have ranked lower totally. over Garrett Wilson. 
This is right now. There's probably not a star player, and I'm saying this slowly, so I can think about other it, yeah. star players that fit into this category. Derrick Henry. There's probably not a star player that feels less exciting to start right now than Garrett Wilson. Oh no! I mean, everything. Just the wind got knocked out of our sails immediately, and it's never once felt good since then, right? And we keep. I know it's been pointed out that the defenses they faced have been very good. You know, the Cowboys, the the Bills, and the Patriots is a tough start to this season. It is. We need we need a vibe turn hard though for the Jets. Like they got to pull a rabbit out of their hat in one of these games. Maybe it's next week when they play the Broncos. Ugh. That game should be fun. Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton Bowl. Oh, stop. Um, no, sir. It, it, I mean, it, it'll be, be, it'll be compelling but, at yes, the very least. Yes, it will. Um, but yes. So um, I've got him as wide receiver 21. I can tell you this. My confidence is not at the level that wide receiver 21 would suggest. No, not yep. even close. Yep. Not even close. I'm with you on that one. All right, let's talk one more conversation with another disappointing team. The Tennessee Titans. Listen, fantasy manager in the spot because I went out as just like, again, we're in this boat because we have 15 leagues, so I basically roster everybody that is play to, playable in fantasy. Pretty much, but yeah. I, I've got DeAndre Hopkins on a bunch of rosters, and I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about anything about any of the pass catchers on this no. Titans team. I don't want to start them. It's another one of those Garrett Wilson type of guys where it's yeah. like, I know I've got him ranked as a flex play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good for DeAndre Hopkins right now. Saving grace is, is target share, right? 25 targets through three games. That's over eight per game, 13, five and seven in back to back to back games. The question is what's the upside for D hop? I don't know. Seriously. That is, <clears throat> that's like, our part. And this Bengals defense is legit as we saw them last week, do a really good job slowing down. What's been a pretty good Rams passing offense. Puka and Tutu were still very usable, but they're going to minimize touchdowns. So I've got him as wide receiver 25 and I'm probably too high on Deandre Hopkins for the week. That's how it feels to me. And yeah. when, I mean, I have that same same problem with Derrick Henry. Right now, it's not just the fact, and we mentioned this yesterday, not just the fact that they are stacking boxes, which they have always done against Derrick Henry, yeah. but it's the fact that Tajay Spears is getting so much run, and I don't remember another time since DeMarco Murray was there yeah. that he was splitting this much time with another back. The, the one thing I'll say about Derrick Henry, though, that's different from DeAndre Hopkins right now is that if you are, and I'll throw Garrett Wilson in this conversation. Okay. If you told me, that one of those three players was likely to have a vintage day. And it feels weird saying a vintage day a for vintage Garrett day. Wilson when yeah. he's in his second season. He's like 21 years old, 22. Um, it's still Derrick Henry, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way or no? Like yes, if you told me the D-hop rift off 12 catches for 152 yards and a touchdown, or Derrick Henry had 26 carries for 120 yards and two touchdowns, or Garrett Wilson had like 10 catches for 162 and a touchdown, which one feels most likely to happen? Derrick Henry still feels that way to feel. Still feels that way to me as well. Yep. Even with the uh, running game inefficiency for him, just three point two yards per carry, having to block a defensive line led by Aaron Donald. But yeah, um, I've got him inside my top ten. I still do. Still, and I still have T Higgins inside my top twenty. Uh, you know, other side of this game, this is a really frustrating one because T Higgins has been literally boom yeah. or bust this year, and I don't know how to feel. Again, we were using the word confidence a lot. Yep. The only confidence that I feel is that, please, Joe Burrow, I'm confident that you should be throwing the ball to Jamar Chase as much as possible, and we saw that. Yeah, we did. But Turning point week. You think so? Uh, for at least one week. Okay. Uh, for one week, I should say. Uh, this is a, it's, it's the matchup. It is the gift that keeps on giving right now, playing against the Titans secondary. It is just such a favorable matchup for Joe Burrow. But what a stretch coming up for Joe over the next three weeks to potentially get his season back on track. Tennessee. Arizona, Seattle. 
I don't think any of those secondaries like really scares you, right? They get the San Francisco, they go San Francisco and then Buffalo right after that. Yeesh. But um, if you can get things going over these next three games, this team could be back on track. Yeah, it's not the matchups that make me nervous. It's his calf that makes me nervous as a no part doubt, of it. And no that's, doubt. That's I mean, the thing. But you like point, to yeah. see these. Yeah. Like, it, I would rather have him if he's got a banged up calf. I'd rather have him have these easy matchups than take on the Bills and the 49ers. Like I will state this, though, like just to make it clear. Like, I'm starting. I have Joe Burrow. It's on my top 10 for quarterbacks this week. I will be starting him. I have him in a league in which uh, six-point passing touchdowns. So he should be not just a valuable player, but like a superstar. And you didn't start him last week, right? Didn't you start I someone ended up over starting him? You did start him. Okay. It did not make a difference, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I, I decided to keep, um, I, I had a Monday pivot in my back pocket. So I was able to play Joe once he was active. Um, I also, I am confident in T Higgins for a lot of the same reasons that I mentioned with the matchup of Joe Burrow and T Higgins has eight targets in every game this season. He like that target share for T Higgins. Just take that every single week. He's yep. way too good drops. Got to work on those, but this guy's way too talented. He'll, he'll be good this week. Like yeah. I have sincere confidence in T Higgins. I've got him as wide receiver 18, just one spot behind consensus. Yeah. Why do you hate him? I have a wide receiver 16. It's a good question. You want to board about him? Wide receiver 17 <laughs> or below? Uh, no, I, I, I like that pick. For you. I like that, that, that confidence you have in uh, T Higgins. I'm excited. about I'm this hopeful. One. Yeah, yes. man. A lot of yeah. volume. Like you said, that's what I'm looking at right here. Yep. So, that was a fun show. This is a good week for preview. Week four preview. Halfway That's done. Right. Sort of we are partially wait, done, I should partially say. Partially done. This is but we have a ton of stuff. Like tomorrow will be all the injury related stuff that we don't have total clarity on, plus Mike's input and Stefania's input, and a recap of the Lions 24 23 win over the Packers tonight. Wow, only one point. I like it. Yeah, you're already here first. Yeah. All right. I was going to say 24 20, but I'll take 24 20. 24 23 it is. Makes it sound fun. We'll be back tomorrow with Field and Mike. My name is Daniel Dobb. This is Field Jates. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. Have fun watching Thursday Night Football. Go, Go watch Lions. it with some friends. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Lions. Peace. Gosh, these Mike shows, these shows where he's not here, they're just, they're so good, Field. Mm, what can we say? No surprise. It's no secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you. Alliance fan through and through With the hippest beard, I'm telling you